Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in through online affiliates around the world. We appreciate you guys joining us as well. But have you ever wondered what's possible for you and how you can be able to have a goal or dream and pursue it, our next guest is someone that you definitely need to take note of. We're excited to welcome choreographer, director, and author Vincent Patterson to our program. His new book is called I and instincts. We're able to get a look at his professional life, but also some personal aspects of his life as well, what it's been like for him to work with certain individuals, the lessons learned, but I think also what all of us can learn about the importance of going for what we want and to be able to believe in ourselves as well. If you guys are just now finding out about the book, we'll remind you how you can get your own copy of it. But Vincent, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Cyrus, and thank you for that wonderful intro. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I really wanted to write this book to inspire people, uh, young artists, and, uh, you know, I'm in a situation where I've had some incredible, incredible opportunities, and uh, my life was kind of like a rocky story. I started in the oil refineries down on the Delaware River, and who knew I was going to have the opportunity to create some of the most iconic movement pieces uh, that we all still know to this day. I'm just so honored and proud and and uh, grateful for everything that's happened. And, and that comes through, that gratitude comes through, Vincent, in the book, Icons and Instincts. This is the first time you and I have had a chance to speak. But what I thought was so fascinating yeah. was I did not know going into the book we'd learned so much about the makings of you as well. We see the, the, not only the, the evolution of your career, did you know going into the book that it was not just going to be about the people you worked with, but also the things you've been able to work through? Well, you know, um, I – I worked with a co-author, Amy Tofty, who is a writer, and we talked about this. You know, so many autobiographies, you start off the first chapter with all the uh, background of your family and the great-grandparents and keep on going back ad infinitum. And we thought, okay, that's part of it. But as an artist, my life and those people that, you know, I grew up with or or was raised with, those things that, that stay with you forever definitely are integral to my artistic process. So we decided that rather than just keep it all at the beginning, let's let's spread it out throughout the chapters to to illustrate that exact point. Yeah. And to that point, I want to go to one of the things that really struck me again, I think is a really revealing look, and it's interesting as to how it's positioned in the book, Vincent, and that's in Chapter 10, where we get a real snapshot of your mother. I want to talk about what it was like for you to be able to think about her and her example and what you were able to learn from her and the way she carried herself through life. Well, you know, we had a tough life growing up. My father was an alcoholic and uh, quite a violent man, and my mom was a tiny little lady, and she had five kids by the time she was 26 years old. And I'll tell you, if it hadn't been for her, for her fortitude, for her care of us, I don't know what would have happened. And so, you know, even though we were poor, she was someone who had a great sense of style. She would shop at these mill remnant stores and get these fabrics pieces that were on discount and she and my grandmom would sew the most beautiful dresses and 
you know, she just inspired me as an artist. And another thing she did, which has really entered into everything that I do, this sense of being extremely perceptive. Um, she loved decorating the house. We lived in a very tiny house. And so when we would go, I would go to my friends' houses. When I came home, I would be grilled. Uh, what, what, did, what color were the walls? What, what, what kind of furniture did they have? What were the lamps look like? And this kind of early crazy perception is something that has just lingered with me forever. So there's so many things that I got from her and seriously hadn't even really thought about that until I started writing the book. I had never had any kind of psychoanalysis and writing a book about yourself, man, really can put you through it. And, uh, but I enjoyed every moment of rediscovering some of this stuff. I have the hardcover edition of the book, Vincent. I want to read a, a couple of passages in that chapter, chapter 10, and, and talk to you about it. It's found for those who have sure. the hardcover edition. It's on page 148 and 149. Vincent says this about his mother. Unlike celebrities who get comfortable in front of cameras, mom never seemed to recognize her beauty. This conflict of striking to look beauty, yet being so timid, made her a greater riddle to me than the Sphinx. There was a back and forth with her, confident, shy, confident, then shy again. Like the character of Selma, Mom lived life as two different characters. Then there was an example of when you were told, Vincent, on page 149, uh, you're such a gentleman. You said your reply was, my mother taught me well. So I want to talk about the back and forth, because I thought that was interesting, again, the positioning of this part of your story in the people you've worked with, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Madonna. What was it like for you to kind of think about how you were able to, because we see you stand up for yourself at times, uh, in your position mm-hmm. and what you were doing, but also being able to to kind of go you know go with the flow. So, what was it like for you to kind of think about your own back and forth? Well, you know, I, 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 I'm not an aggressive man. Um, it's funny, you know, when I direct projects in Europe, especially, and I I bring an American attitude to the table. Being, uh, I, I try to make everyone feel collaborative. Everybody feel they're part of it. I have been reprimanded at times by executive producers saying, um, Mr. Patterson, this is not the way we work in Europe. You know, we have a hierarchy system. And I say, well, you know, it just doesn't work for me. Um, And part of this, actually, Cyrus, is the fact that my mom was so young. Uh, She had me at 19. And that kind of relationship breaks these barriers down where, yes, it's your mom, but it's kind of like your friend or your big sister. And I was the eldest of the five kids. So we had this very special relationship. And and and, and watching her, how she was in private, and, and, and she was a lot more shy than I am. I'm a little bit more out, outspoken, I suppose. But just understanding that you know, we can be kind, we can be good people, and we can still be artists and make things work. And I learned so much of this from her patience, respect. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it definitely comes through. Do you still have those wild moments, Vincent? Did, did you have them more ever present and kind of reflecting on everything, those wild moments? Or, you know, does this now feel like home to you? Because it, it seems like even if you were working with different individuals who brought their own personalities, I love uh, the story you told about Madonna the Kiss. Uh, you know, you, each one has kind of their <laughs> own their own thing, you know, that comes to you. Do you still find that, that, you know, you have those moments of wonder that this has been your life? 
I do. And I also learned about resiliency and also that we have to take on, I, I watched my mom, going back to my mom for a second, you know, I watched her play these multiple characters. She was, she was an aggressive warrior in defending us when we were little and my father was angry. Uh, she was uh, a sweet person to, to comfort you when you weren't feeling well um, or you were very upset. And I've learned that in dealing with major celebrities, the two things that they really enjoy, I find, in a work environment is honesty and respect and kindness. They're usually tr surrounded by so many yes people that when I step into the room and I'm honest with them and I try to make everything comfortable and easy for them with a great respect, um, everything works better. I always feel with them that I can say, all right, look, you're hiring me. Uh, this is my opinion of what I'm seeing. However, y this is your career. So you have to make the ultimate choice. But I'm, I'm here to be your mirror. And I feel that that's something that I've learned to accept. That's something that I do very well. Um, I also like to, the other thing about our family, because things were so difficult with my mom and all of the kids, we enjoyed laughing. Laughter was so important to us, and I have a very idiosyncratic laugh. And uh, I find that in the workplace, it really pays off to be able to work, work, work really hard, very focused, but then be able to, the next moment, laugh and bring so much laughter into the space. Those those two elements, those contrast of the hard work and the laughter, to me are absolutely essential in my work process. And and speaking of what you learn from your mom, there are other individuals that you you talk about in, in the book, Vincent, that you learn from Nan, uh, for example, things that you were able to learn, like unconditional love, as you're going to talk about there. Uh, but also, I think too, from Bobby, you mentioned that you learn discipline, preparation, uh, and and then of course travel, and you've definitely done your share of that. Talk to us about that. And you just mentioned, of course, uh, some of the people you've been able to work with. How has having a more world view, Vincent, how has that, do you think, impacted you personally? Uh, I think it's been very important. Um, you know, I, my grandmother, we were very poor, as I write in the book, and my grandmother was born in Poland, and she had always wanted to go back and visit Europe. And she had a little beauty parlor of three kind of hair dryers in the front room of her house, and she did the hair of the Polish ladies that lived in the neighborhood. And she saved every penny that she could because she wanted to take this trip to Europe. When I was 12 years old, she, I, I knew how to do some basic I don't want to say ballroom dancing, but social dancing. I could do the cha-cha and the waltz and the foxtrot and the swing and things like this. My my dad was a social dance teacher, and, and I loved dance that kind uh, when I was from the time I was five years old. So my, mom, my grandma needed a traveling companion, and she asked me to go. And I was sort of mature for a 12-year-old, but I could also dance. And at that time, every hotel all over Europe had uh, ballrooms and bands and this was a great part of the journey so for me this poor kid from you know kind of the Liverpool of the USA to have the opportunity to spend two and a half to three months in Europe visiting all the major cities seeing my first uh, big huge stage production at the Follies Bergere which was unbelievable to me as a 12 year old I got to sip champagne and see some naked breasts and uh, <laughs> then when we went to London 
she took me to see The Sound of Music. I, I never even knew that theater like that existed, you know. And these were the seeds that, that kind of set me on the path of becoming the artist that, I'm, that I am. And, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what we learn, what we can learn if we keep ourselves open to the uh, information that comes our way and experiences and look for the positive side of those. Yeah, such a great point. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Vincent Patterson to our program today. Vincent is a choreographer, director, and the author of the new book, Icons and Instincts. We've I've mentioned some of the icons, Vincent. I want to end this segment talking about instincts, in particular one story you tell about Birdcage and how you knew that that was something that you were meant to do. That takes, I think, uh-huh. a couple of things. One, a belief in oneself but also the yeah. knowing, the knowing of what you're destined for. Talk to us about that experience, what it was like for you to reflect back on it and to share it in the book. I will. Um, you know, I, 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 I named it Icons and Instincts because I truly believe that we all have, especially artists, but all of us, we have this voice inside of us, whether it's to uh, safeguard us at times, whether it's that little voice that, we put a glass on the edge of a table and a voice inside says, don't put that glass there. You're going to knock it over. And we ignore it and we turn around and we knock the glass over. <laughs> so I, I, I try to listen to this voice and, you know, I, I do meditation at times. And um, I find that when I get myself into that contemplative state and I really question and I listen to the deepest voice inside, I 99% make the right decision um, with, so many of the projects, it, it, it comes out that way. And I'm sorry, which one did you mention just a moment ago? Yeah, the, the birdcage with Mike Nichols. The birdcage, yeah. Well, yeah. what happened was um, I have been a huge fan of Mike Nichols my whole entire life. I loved everything that he had done, every film, uh, even his comedy records with Elaine May I used to listen to when I was younger. I, I, I was just so impressed with this man as an artist. When I saw that he was doing the birdcage, Something inside of me said, Vincent, this is your project. Now, I had never met Mike. I knew nothing about his plans for the film, nothing. But I wrote to my agent. I called my agent and I said, Julie McDonald, please, please, can you contact Mike Nichols and just tell him, explain a little bit what I've done and ask him if I could have a meeting with him. He was totally open. He flew me to New York. I was nervous as heck. Uh, we sat down at a little restaurant and he said, um, well, my boy, tell me why you think you're right for this project. And I started by saying, well, Mr. Nichols, he stopped me right away, Mike. So I said, well, Mike, you know, my instinct tells me this is a project for me. I said, I, I, I worked with beautiful women, incredible, sensual, sexy women and helped them even look more incredible. Uh, I've even worn heels to teach dance classes once in a while. And I said, I really, and he said, well, you know, Vince, I've already asked Tommy Toon. And I said, listen, I love Tommy Toon. I so respect him, but this is the kind of work that I do. I can do this really well, Mike. And then he said, well, I've asked Sondheim to write the music. What do you think about that? And I said, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sondheim, but you know, these are, this is a drag club and it's an updated drag club. And the girls in those drag clubs don't do Liza Minnelli anymore. They do Donna Summers, Madonna, these kind of women. And 
this is what this is what I think will make your film hugely successful. He said, okay, that's what happened. He actually said, let's do it. So, you know, this is a perfect example for any young artist out there. If you truly believe in yourself and you truly are listening to that voice inside, go for it. All that can happen is someone can say no, and we hear that a lot in this business. So never stop yourself. Give yourself the chance. Give yourself the shot, as they say, you know, in Hamilton. This is my shot. You know, I'm going to take my one shot and do it. Trust yourself and go for it. Yeah. And, Vincent, here you tell that story. There are three times that you could have easily just stopped. Well, first of all, you didn't have to reach out to your agent. A lot of people would have you know, said, you know what, they probably already have somebody or, you know, someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. and not even done that step. Then the second step, I think, you know, to be able to be so emphatic about I know this is what I'm supposed to do and the mutual respect you already had for individuals that was named, I think that says a whole lot. But what I love Mm -hmm. about this story, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I think so many times there is a lack of belief in oneself, right, that, either thinking, well, there's someone better, you know, but I think I love the idea of trusting yourself, knowing what is meant for you, and I think that is such a big thing. What is your hope then, Vincent? When people finish Icons and Instincts, of course they'll be blown away by the celebrities you've worked with. They'll be blown away by the stories there, but what do you hope it does for them as far as looking at themselves and their own possibilities? Uh, Exactly that, exactly that, Cyrus. I hope that, by example, Um, people can see that you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you start. I mean, mine is, yes, a rocky story, you know, but, but, but it can happen for you. You can trust in yourself. You can believe in yourself, whether you're an artist or you're a, an Uber driver, if that's your destination, if that's your dream, I don't know, but follow it. Listen to yourself, follow your heart because you know what? Maybe we come back, maybe we have reincarnation, but what if we don't? I mean, what if this is the only time? Shouldn't we take advantage of every moment that we can? Shouldn't we put ourselves on the line to, to, to make things more exciting in our life, to make our lives more inspiring and, 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 and move forward rather than wait around or be complacent or, or say, worry or be concerned about things, why, things that might not happen? Throw that stuff away. That's what I hope people learn from the book or get from the book, not learn. I, I, I don't mean to be a teacher. I mean to be an example. Um, yeah. But that's what I think is just so important. And, I, you know, it, it was my grandparents who gave me that. You know, my, my grandmother on my mom's side, I called Nan. You know, she gave me this freedom of, to be anything I wanted to do, to create these crazy shows that we put down the front steps of her house and had my family sit around and watch. And then my other grandmother taking me to Europe and keep showing me what show business was about. I mean, we have to believe in ourselves, especially as artists. And we have to realize that we are totally unique. No other person in the world has the same voice as you have. Everybody has their own voice and everybody has something to contribute such a great point. Again, everyone, Vincent Patterson has been our guest. Icons and Instincts is the book. It is available through our friends at Amazon.com or you can get it from your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Vincent, congratulations to you again. How can our audience stay connected with you? Uh, well, I'm, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook uh, official. 
and at v, and I'm on Instagram at VLPLA, uh, hashtag VLPLA, and I'd love to hear from people. And what I'd really love is if people like the book, if they could review it on Amazon or just send me a note on Instagram or Facebook, I'd love to hear what people say. Cyrus, I've been so moved by some of the emails that I've been getting from people. Some people pick up on and interestingly enough with you, some people pick up on the personal side of it and they really relate to that. Um, others pick up on um, similar journeys that they've had with even some of the same celebrities like Shirley MacLaine, um, someone who I'd never met before who had danced with Shirley for many, many years contacted me and said, Oh my God, you know, your, your story about your situation with Shirley really opened up some, uh, some memories for me. And wow. he went on for an hour talking about things that he had never really spoken to anybody else about. I had a wonderful lady write me and say about the opening of the book and my relationship with my father. She said, you know, I've never spoken to this about, about to anybody, but I grew up in a situation so similar to yours and just reading yours it gave me a cathartic experience. I felt like I had, I had been to a, a, a psychiatrist or something, just reading the opening. And, and she said, I just started crying, and it, and, and it kind of relie relieved me of all of this pressure I had had for years and years and years. So I never had thought that that part of the book would be fascinating to people other than points of interest. But it's fascinating to me that People connect with all different parts of the book, um, some about uh, individual characters like Madonna or Michael or whomever, and others, as I say, about um, my personal life, and others still about the chapter that I write, which I think is really important, about the lack of respect that's due to choreographers. Um, this, is, this is an essential point, and... You know, we are now out here, choreographers are establishing a guild for themselves for the first time ever called the Choreographers Guild. And that was a very important chapter to me, to make people aware that choreographers are the only ones on the set of a movie or anything in the electronic uh, end of this business, commercials, music videos, or live non-theatrical presentations like rock tours. They're the only ones who have no union, no protection, no, no guarantee of credit for the work that we do. It, it, it's a sad, sad state of affairs. And I felt compelled to write that chapter to make people aware of this situation and, uh, and get more people behind choreographers, uh, not only to understand what they do, but to support them in their movement towards establishing a union for themselves. Such great information, again, from someone who definitely has lived the life and, and, and has the ability to be able to share these important stories. Vincent, really appreciate it this time. So glad we had a chance to chat, and looking forward to having you back on the program again. Oh, Cyrus, I'm really, really honored that you uh, wanted to do this interview. I'm really pleased, and I'm very excited that it was so many of the personal aspects of the book that seemed to really touch you. That, that really moves me, man. I really appreciate that. Well, look, I appreciate you, and we definitely thank you, our audience, for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now, let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>